Welcome to New Kids on the Block, a podcast for newcomers who want to explore blockchains and cryptocurrencies. On this show, we discuss and dissect all things crypto for beginners and intermediate users and help them navigate their way through this fascinating yet overwhelming new space. Let's dive right in. May your pockets be heavy and your heart be light. May good luck pursue you each morning and night. Welcome back, everyone, to a new episode of the New Kids on the Block podcast. We are obviously recording today with my corny intro on St. Patrick's Day. So if you're feeling lucky, well, you came to the right place. Um, You know, I'm I'm really excited to talk about um, what we're going to talk about today because it's, you know, the market's been up and down. It's been volatile. And I got to tell you, um, I have a Irish proverb uh, mm. that, that segues very well into the next uh, facet of the podcast. And it goes a little something like this. A good friend is like a four-leaf clover, hard to find and lucky to have. That's right. I'm talking about you, Yidu. How you doing today? <laughs> oh, my goodness. You, you've you nailed the intro again, Fody. I, I feel I'm a little blushed over here. Um, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I, I think, um, you know what? I have to say um, you, you've done the impossible. What's that? You have made me download TikTok onto my phone, which <laughs> I never thought I would do it, but here it's I am. It's the medium for, for, for the new age happen folks, okay? so Yeah, I, I'm just like such a boomer when it comes to like, you know, social media. Like I try to avoid, you know, I have, I have like enough, I'm Chinese, so I have like enough PSYOPs uh, apps on my phone already. Do I really need, I thought, do I really need another PSYOP application on my phone? Uh, I think not. And then, um, you know, for this episode, for whatever reason, I decided to do it. And so far, so good, I have to say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, um, you know, a little foreshadowing there. Um, there's a lot of great content on, on TikTok. And, and we are obviously content creators. And, you know, we're, you know, we do a podcast in an, in an audio format, and that might mm-hmm. expand to future formats as well. But there are a lot of really great people out there that are that have really powerful messages and i think that segues really great into introducing our guests today are you good with that you do yeah let's go for it. I'm, I'm really excited for this one awesome okay so i guess you know the quick introduction um we have uh hopefully a new friend of the pod andrew from the crypto corner andrew how you doing today i'm doing great thanks for having me on i mean you're kind of you're kind of breaking my uh podcast cherry over here Oh man! Well, we're excited to do that. I, we, we, you know, we're it's kind of like bear market vibes going on. So we're doing like you know, talking to people, right, and just talking about their strategies and talking about technology and and kind of all that kind of stuff. So really excited to have awesome. you, man. Cool, glad to be here. Yeah, welcome to the show. Andrew. I did have a question, real quick. Yeah, you do correct. Is that is that, my, is yeah. that correct? You got it, bro. Okay, where does Yoda come from? Oh. oh my goodness so yeah so so the funny story here's the story right so basically um when i first moved to the u.s i, I made a bunch of friends who are like not really they're not like uh, mandarin speaking um folks to begin with and they really struggle pronouncing my name and one of my best friends at the time i was trying to pronounce my name right he just couldn't get it right he was like oh is it is it Yida? Is it is it Yaidu? <laughs> I'm like, no, 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 it's it's all wrong. It's it's Idu. And then one day he was just like, Oh, can I just call you Yoda? That's like so much easier for me. 
And then I'm like, sure, yeah. I mean, I, I don't mind being called Yoda if, if that goes for you. So, and then that, that just keeps catching on and everybody started calling me Yoda, cool. including Bodhi. <laughs> the rest was history, as they say, like right? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, um, Andrew, I mean, you know, we're a podcast, we're, we're a crypto podcast. We talk about technology, we talk about geopoliticals, but today we want to talk about you and maybe just kind of like introduce yourself and, and tell us like kind of how did you get started into crypto? Obviously you have like, you know, great content, you're, you're a content creator and, and that's kind of how we discovered you on, on, on TikTok and Twitch and all that great stuff. But how, how did you get started on this journey? Um, uh, my journey started, I would say, let's see, probably, I think it was September of 2017. It actually started from Craigslist, which is interesting. Uh, what? A lot wait. of places. <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> Craigslist. That's a first. Yeah. That's a, that's, okay. It, it okay. is kind of unique, actually, now that I think about it. Uh, but not, not in the way that you might be thinking right now. Um, <laughs> I, I was working in the um, uh, hospitality industry. I was working in restaurants. And I was always interested in, I was in school for an, um, an audio engineer. So, I mean, by trade, I'm more of an audio guy. Um, but I started working on some movies and I really liked what the video guys were doing more. So I kind of started transitioning more into like video stuff. This was hobby at the time. Um, and so I hated working at the restaurants. And so I was looking for something to do on the side with video work, um, like to try to get a side gig going. And I responded to a, a Craigslist ad asking for someone to make content about crypto. And I was like, I don't know what this is, but it was it was a cool opportunity to make money by just making videos. He was going to pay per video. Um, and so that kind of forced me to start learning about crypto because I was making videos for this other guy. Um, and I, I learned a lot through that. Um what what I kind of in hindsight, what went wrong is that it was kind of a double layer of I don't own my content because I was making mm -hmm. content and he was putting it on his channel, um, which at the time I was OK with because he had like like around like 10,000 subscribers. And to me, like that was really cool to like have an audience, but it wasn't my content. And then. After a couple months and I started kind of learning more because that that sparked my organic interest in crypto. I wasn't just doing it to make videos. The stuff I was reading was super cool. Um, and so at the time, I'm not sure um, if you guys remember, but there was a platform called WildSpark. It was like an early YouTube competitor um, where you basically they were uh, tokenizing like upvotes. And so I had made a video about WildSpark that had create generated what was around 7,000 US dollars worth of the WildSpark token at the time. And I was like, wow. And so I tried to claim, um, I tried to claim ownership of the video to try to, to be able to get that, get those tokens. And he ended up kind of backstabbing me. Um, and he claimed it cause it was under his YouTube channel, the video. And and so that just kind of destroyed me uh, at the time. And uh, I, I think, I don't know if he was a scammer or not, but I know the project that he was working on doesn't exist anymore. And I, I stopped talking to him after that. Mm. Um, but that's what kind of sparked, that's what sparked the journey. Uh, so you, you kind of jumped into 
um, Web three before you know you even knew what what Web three was, and then you got you got uh, rug pulled. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, now that you yeah yeah now that those words are are freely available to use, yeah, that is kind of what happened. Wow, yeah. that is quite a start. I think if you like you know if, if you if you know like you know the the Kobe's of the world and and like you know they the big influential kind of you know twit uh. Twitter talk uh, or Twitter crypto community and stuff like that. A lot of people kind of come in like through some level of adversity. And I guess that kind of segues in like you dealt with that stuff. And like, did that kind of lead you to saying, hey, I'm making content that's generating all of this stuff for someone else. Why don't I just do it for myself? Is that kind of how you how you came to that conclusion? Uh, Yeah. I mean, I was always... um... Like before I was making videos about crypto, I was big into like beat making videos and like when vlogging was first starting out. So I was always interested in trying to build a channel that could gain traction. Um, But after and then again, it was really nice to have that the first time having his audience. I mean, because in a sense, they were his audience was kind of responding to my videos because it was on his platform. So it was actually cool to have an audience as the first time I ever had it. Um, but it, it definitely the um, there was something that that touched me the wrong way, knowing that, yeah, I didn't it, at the time. It wasn't like a I didn't own my content, but that's like what it was. It was like, why can he make money off of it? when it was my stuff, but it obviously it was because he was paying me to make the videos. And then he said he could use it however he chose. Um, so that really did kind of that I think lasted till like 2018. And then obviously the, the big bear market happened. And at that time I wasn't really, I had bought some Bitcoin, but I wasn't really interested in, in, in trading or anything like that. But I found a platform called Steam. I don't know if you guys are, are um, yep. aware. Um, before it was Hive. And that was kind of a similar um, platform where it was kind of a creator owns their content and it and tokenized, like um, upvotes turn into Hive, or at the time, Steam, Steam tokens. And so I was really kind of head down into that platform. Um Kind of, yeah, like you mentioned earlier, it's kind of, it, I'm a big fan of it. So, yeah, it was really kind of like Web3 before Web3, especially like the concepts and the theories. It was a little clunky, but right. it was cool to use because it was it was a super strong community. And like even if you weren't like didn't have a lot of followers, there was always engagement and it was incentivized because you got to, you got paid for it and you got paid to comment and curate, too. So it was really it was a really super cool um platform to kind of get started with i think i think steam still exists to this day it does yeah steam um i mean it it had a it had a hard fork which was i think a war ahead of its time i mean we could do a podcast on this but hive hive justin sun yeah justin sun yeah basically bought uh a a, a, there was a backdoor deal where justin sun bought the um justin sun backdoor deal yeah you don't say (laughs) yeah right um, but and but the community was fucking awesome. And again, a war ahead of its time. They won. Um, they did a hard fork and turned into Hive. Um, and their market cap, I think, is three or four times as much as Steam now. So it, I think that's going to go down, I think, in the history books when we start to see. I think a lot of more of this is going to start to happen. 
And I think that's going to be like one of the first um, like use cases, not use cases, but um, I, don't, I don't know what the word is, but like business cases right like a, like more of like a business case right well like um like an example of like how to uh, how like, like utility yes yeah when a community is in, is attacked how can you how can the community successfully hard fork if needed um, right. to get rid of pre-mines because pre-mines when with government's tokens is just the you know centralization at its core for sure yeah i, I think that's i think you had on, hit on something really interesting there cuz i didn't realize how ingrained you were like you, this is like even before um like the, the the tokenomics of creator economy that's you know that's really the kind of the the, the zeitgeist last year right like all these crazy um platforms like uh what is called um a mirror it's the new one similar to to steam and they're just trying to to create this creator economy using tokenomics so yeah i thought that's that was really cool so i, I do want to i before we, you go go a little bit deeper i do want to get something off my chest andrew um so when Fody told me that uh, we we're going to have you on uh as a guest on the show uh i my first reaction is that oh we're getting a tiktoker a crypto tiktoker on the show i was slightly i was slightly worrying to be honest because you know you have your typical um, you know, TikTok, you know, Philicon, I don't know, uh, BitBoy, you know, shitcoin shiller <laughs> who, who are notoriously bad for like shilling coins to people and then, you know, people buy in and lose a lot of money. I did a bit of research on you and it looks like you, you actually, you're one of those people who are genuinely like you're sharing your journey of your trading like you, you're you're literally telling people how much money i lost in one video i'm like okay this guy is actually relatable i can relate to him because i also lose a lot of money in trading there we go so yeah i just want to say you know that's not what i expected like in a good way and i appreciate you for being like genuine and even vulnerable in your content oh absolutely i mean thank you for that and i mean i it's funny that i, I was the same way like I didn't get on TikTok early because I had that same kind of like image. A, I didn't even know people talked about crypto on TikTok. I thought it was just a, a dancing platform for like 16 year olds. And so like, I was definitely hesitant as well um, until I started seeing that there's a, like every little industry has its own little community of, of people who create content for that. And then even in that, like there's still like universal trends that then each community takes and makes their own. It was super cool. Um, and but yeah, I mean, I it's, I think that shilling has has always been around, right? Like Facebook groups was the first place that I noticed like groups were getting shilling things, and then YouTube, um, and then crypto Twitter. You know, there's always shilling on different platforms. Um, but I'm glad. And just a, just a little comment on on TikTok. Yeah. I mean, it, it may not be a dancing app for 16 year olds anymore but there's a lot of twerking for xrp that goes on there that's all i'm gonna say is uh, it not, not i i actually don't follow a lot and I, I i don't know if that's bad or good but i really don't follow a lot of people and so i'm, I'm not in the i don't know the wide range of, of what crypto tiktok is. that's that's interesting that so that's interesting that you mentioned that so i was going to ask you about that um is that deliberate because you don't want people to kind of impact either a the content that you create or um to kind of put some kind of or, or or kind of implement some kind of effect on 
the way that you're doing your trading is, is that like a deliberate thing or is that just kind of like out of sight, out of mind? You don't really um, kind of interact with the application. In that Super way. deliberate. Um, I, well, in the beginning, when I first started the, the channel or pay, I don't know what the hell you call it on TikTok. When I first started the account, um, it wasn't trading. It was really just synthesizing news and like saying my opinions on stuff. And like, I didn't like, I understand the game. I understand the game theory in like, you know, you try to follow people who will follow back to kind of get your numbers up and going and all that stuff. But it, it, for, yeah, for some reason it just, I don't like that. And I, I just kind of wanted a place to put my content somewhere. I also, when I first started doing YouTube vlog stuff, I liked the concept of being able to make a video and then a year later, maybe looking back and seeing like, wow, either A, I noticed I'm in the same mindset as I was in that video. B, oh, I, I seem to be going through something similar. Like it, it brings value for me to be able to look back at video stuff of mine in the past um, to be able to, you know, just grow as a person. And so I kind of had a similar idea with TikTok. I also hated when YouTube vlogging was starting out, they were pushing like you had to make these, you know, five, 10 minute long videos and TikTok, you can make like 15, 30 second ones. So it was actually, it was a great platform for me to get onto because um, I hated the pressure of making like long form content. Uh, yep. And then, yeah, I mean, when I did kind of start to turn it into like trading, like I don't really like to follow anyone who I wouldn't like jump on a call with. And like, and so that I kind of like to keep my, my circle small. Um, and it doesn't mean that I wouldn't support other, I'm not against it. It, it kind of just, it, le it lessens the saturation for me. So yeah, the, it, the deliberacy behind having a small amount of people that I follow um, is yeah, intentional. Yeah. So um I mean, very interesting start, right? So, I mean, you know, to recap, you kind of talked about, um, you know, being an, originally an audio engineer, right? And then kind of being more interested on the video side and getting into content creation. And then that kind of took you down the rabbit hole of what is kind of the crypto world. Um, and then from there, you know, your content has obviously evolved as, as you've moved platforms. I'll, I'll be transparent the piece of content that you were doing um, that really interests me particularly was um, the trading challenge that you did. And it's not particularly because it was an incredibly unique thing. I think what was great about your trading challenge, and I think you kind of alluded to it earlier, was that you were talking about not only your wins, right? You'd hit four, five, six trades in a row, but then also your losses, which a lot of people like to go back and delete videos and oh, yeah. uh, update spreadsheets and pretend like it never happened so that their content is golden. And not only was it like a really genuine thing from uh, you know talking about not only the, the, the ups, right? Because everyone can win in a bull market, right? Yeah. Um, but it's also kind of talking about the, the downs and the lows, like how did you kind of, was that always intentioned for you to kind of talk about not only the ups and downs, you know, during your trading challenge and, um, or was it like, is that just you, is that just like Andrew, like genuine, 
I'm, I'm like, I'm just going to talk about how I feel. Is that like, how, how did that kind of, you know, come about when you were thinking about doing that type of thing? As, yeah, I think as I've grown as an individual, I kind of, I've, I've done a lot of like self, you know, all that self work and all that stuff. And I've, I think that kind of comes out in my content now. Um, I, I did, there was an intention there that I didn't really see. Like, I, I do feel like, A, the, I like putting quality of, of video into my content. Like I don't like filming on my iPhone. Cause I, I mean, I am a videographer on this. Like I, I have a job as well. Like I'm a freelance videographer, so I ha- have good gear. And so I, my game theory in this whole thing was a, I think in the long term, if I do have higher quality when it comes to at least visuals, I think that can play well in the long term. And then, yeah, B was, if I can just, yeah, kind of like not be like everyone else, like you said, every anyone can make themselves come off as, you know, I, winning all the time. Yeah, and it, I mean, it was also, um, I also didn't notice that anyone was actually using money, and like I'm not showing. Like I said, when I first started the uh, challenge, I said I'm not. I'm using a small percentage of my portfolio. But at least I'm showing you everything within what I'm willing to show you. And so I think that was another thing that I intentionally thought would play out in the long term. Like no one's really showing you money. And like I understand for, in a sense that like no, ev- like I'm not, like I said, I'm not using my whole portfolio. So like there is still some privacy there. Like I'm not showing you like anything like around my net worth. So I understand why everyone doesn't do it but at the same time like why can't you just even if it's like 500 bucks or or, you know 20 bucks like why can't you at least show real trades with real money and so that's where i did think that i had an edge was the quality plus actually showing and then once i was in it i i had to i had to stay um I, yeah, I just, I wanted to stay true and like show, I wanted to timestamp everything and be able to go back and be like, yeah, I made this trade with this amount of money. It was completed. Like all of that. Like I, because I didn't want to stress about like, oh, what did I show them? What, what didn't I show them? Like, and, and, and try to like, it was, so it was super easy to just start an account, put a bunch of money in it or not, sorry, not put a bunch, but like put a certain number in it and say, this is designated for this challenge. Let's try to run it up. I think that's super important, right? Like, I'm I'm not gonna name any names here, but like, there are certain YouTube or or TikTok personalities who love to only show their wings and their big wings only, and then when their their bets did not pay off, they just delete the videos. So that does happen. So I'm, I'm or, glad. or or they're showing like some kind of weird shitcoin Apollo Inu thing that shows their their MetaMask is worth two billion dollars. <laughs> that that too that too so uh, sorry real quick or they'll just show you like a video that they made in the past saying like they liked this video like oh yeah show you i like this plus i liked it enough to put a thousand dollars in it like never it's always like oh i told you like i like this no it's right they probably made like a hundred thousand video about each coin and then show me the ether scan baby (laughs) show me the ether scan yes right check on the chain yeah yeah that that's great. So I, I do want to circle back. You mentioned trading earlier. 
Um, so I wear many hats on this podcast. One of the hats I wear is a um, semi, what I call it, like a quasi expert on trading. Uh, until like today, I feel like I'm, I'm the, the the kind of the expert on the show. But until today, you come on the show. No. So I do want to mind meld with you a little bit in terms of your trading strategy. So my understanding is that you you mostly um, day trade. Is that right? No. Um, okay. Which is actually yeah. Uh, I suck at day trading. Okay. <laughs> my my success has come from like I mean I would I I might consider it like swing trading, but my success yeah. has basically come from hodling. Um, I, I I have yeah I had like probably three or four trades that have like set me up. Um, mm -hmm. and so. Yeah, I'm not a day trader at heart, and like, I mean, sure. get into it, and like, that's where I've been showing the losses, and like, that's where this kind of new emotion for me has come up. Because uh, not only did I kind of start day trading, but then I started using these three X leverage coins. Um, so oh god! The compound of that interest are new. That's new to me. Plus the fact that now I'm kind of public with showing it. There, it's it's been really. It's been crazy on my end. Yeah, Learning a lot about myself and, and all that stuff. It's been really interesting. Yeah, like because theoretically, when you get big enough, like if you show your your hands too much, people can counter trade you, right? If you there's like, oh, he's gonna three x leverage on this coin, and then theoretically, there could be people counter trading you, you know, in order to to be on the other side of trade and win against you. Yeah. So. Oh, well, that's the problem to have, but I'm so glad you brought this up because I'm not, a, I'm by no means a day trader myself and I hate doing that. Um, I'm more of a investor slash like, you know, swing trader myself. Yep. So I'm curious to know, like, what's your general strategy? Like with, you know, within what you can share, but can you tell us what's your, like, what's your favorite trade setup? What's your like favorite trade to make? Um, I mean, first Wow, I mean that is interesting. I mean, I guess I kind of, I kind of have a s scattered plan. I guess most of my portfolio, I would say like eighty percent, I I distribute to projects that I've done, you know, fundamental research on, and I I have conviction that they're going to make it through. Not only are they use cases, but a big thing that I try to go with is like regulation. So I'm, I'm big on exchanges that I feel are kind of already in, I don't want to say in the pockets of governments, but that they, they, they've made it a point that they'll go slower to make sure that they're not doing anything illegal. Um, and I think those are, it's a no brainer that those are going to at least make it by, like there needs to be somewhere to trade other coins. Right. And so, so you're talking about the Coinbase's and the Gemini's of the world, right? Uh, well, I mean, yes. Yeah. I mean, I have, I like Voyager a lot. Um, I like, um, uh, crypto.com Binance. Um, and, uh, my favorite one is probably F FTX. So FTX, FTX. yeah. Um, I've. Oh, you likes that. I, likes that. I really, I mean, it's hopium. I really think Sam has a, eventually has a use case for the token. There's really not one right now, especially it's not, 
it, the the U.S. exchange is so different from his global exchange. But I know he's. I think he's the smartest guy in the whole space, and so I have sure. a feeling that holding FTT will play out in the end. I could be wrong, um, but I he's gonna he's gonna go public when everything settles with regulations and stuff, and, and he's gonna destroy the competition. He's already way ahead, I think. I mean, if if Binance is is any sort of indication about uh, FTX, you can totally see a, a world where. Um, Sam makes um, FTT as the you can call it the IDOs coins of the world, and then just make it as the, the basically the currency of all IDOs running on top of FTX in the same way that you know BNB does to Binance. Correct. Just my two thought. So is is there like TA that you? Because I mean, you know, you talked about like being an audio engineer, but I mean, you got charts up in your videos, and you're walking through, you know some kind of analysis in the way that you look at, uh, uh, at least, you know, I don't know if it's the EMAs or, um, yep. certain price action on, on a chart and, and you can identify that as a, something as a potential, right? It, how do you, how do you kind of, what, what are the things that you look at? Because, um, I think, once you get into the crypto game, you, you sort of become like a semi quant, right? Looking at charts sometimes. Sure. So, I yeah. mean, I keep it super simple. Um, I mean, I have a 50, I, I always have the 50 and the 200 day um, on the charts with the, just with, you know, volume. I like looking at um, death crosses and golden crosses. I think those are a, a decent place to start if I'm trying to look for entry or exit. Um, so that's, I mean, that's when the, you know, 50 day is crossing the 200 day. Um, I like. I love that indicator, by the way. Yeah, I mean, I like. I like to look for those. Um, I also, I'm a big sentiment guy. Like, as a freelance, and I'm blessed because as a freelancer, I do a lot of like video editing at home. So, and I have, I have. Well, I'm pointing because I thought I was on video, but I have two computers and my home setup. One, I'm, I'm usually doing video stuff on. The other, I just have charts up. And so, like, I, I'm able to usually every day if I choose to watch like real time stuff. And so I'm always, and, and half of it's on charts and then the other half is on, you know, crypto Twitter. And so I think like, I think if, if you watch enough, there's always sentiment and, and momentum that you can get from either, you know, seeing what people on, on crypto Twitter are talking about and then watching the charts kind of simultaneously, there's value there. And so I always use that as well as like a indicator and like, and so say, Oh, and the other thing is I, I keep my crypto Twitter people who I follow also small because I don't want to get saturated, but, and it's people who I, who I kind of trust and value their, um, you know, their opinions. And so, um, like, do you use like lunar crush or anything no, like that? No, for no. It's nope. really okay. just my own. It's kind of been my own analysis of what people are talking about. And then if, an, if say two or three people start mentioning a coin, I'll throw it up on my, on my trading view, like, you know, corner where you get to have my watch list. And then I'll, I'll just kind of watch them and then see if, you know, if, if there's momentum with it, I'll, I'll, I'll see if, um, you know, if volume is increasing um, and so it's kind 
I usually answer the question because I get asked all the time, like, how do you make your trades when I was doing the challenge? And it was always like a mixture of, you know, fundamental analysis, technical analysis, sentiment of the market in general, and then momentum. Like, are people talking about it? Like, like Luna recently, right? Like, it was just all over the place. Not, and then it, everyone was talking about it. Plus, it had the, um, the I think it went back to its all-time high. It was fucking nuts. Yeah, yeah. Luna went really crazy recently. So I, I, I do want to kind of pick pick up on that point. You know, regarding sentiments. Um. So I have this this theory that you know whenever people uh crypto Twitter are talking about like are unanimously talking about a certain coin, that's usually a local top. I would whenever I see like three 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 or four people of the people I'm following they're talking about the same coin at the same time. If I have that coin. That's like my signal to sell it. Um, I I don't know. Like to me, that's sort of some sort of consensus or some sort of um, um, thought process where everybody is thinking about it and they're trying to add their position. And I'm being the contrarian um, of me. I usually just go against it and just sell it. Um, whereas on the other on the other hand, when everybody is like super bearish on Bitcoin, like we had like. Two weeks ago, maybe a week week or so ago, um, when you know the Ukraine, the Russia war, uh, Russia invasion against Ukraine happened, I ended up being slightly more bullish, just because I feel like when all the everybody's scared, you know, I gotta be the brave one and bite bite the bite the blood. So, any thoughts on that? Am I completely crazy for for being contrarian like that? No, the only thing I would say is that because. Like, how do I put this? Like, okay, so like you said, say there's like four people who you follow who say like, I th- I'm interested in looking at this coin, right? There's always, the thing is, is now, if you open that thread, there's always going to be the opposite people in the in the comments, right? And so the argument can always be, it always goes back and forth. Like I can say, oh, everyone's bullish on this coin. I'm going to be bearish. But then if you go in the comments, everyone's already saying, oh, I'm going to be bearish because everyone's bullish. And so like it just gets really confusing to me because there, I don't think there's ever really a way to say, you know, quote unquote, everyone is bullish or everyone is bearish. Because now like everyone uses that to say the, oh, I'm going to be contrarian because everyone's this. But then if everyone's contrarian because of this, then they're the, you know, they're the new uh, sentiment. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, there is, I would say that would work, like you mentioned, if there is a specific three or four people who you notice, like if you get an intuition when like these four people, like if something happens around that, there's value there. But in general, because the, everyone's like, because crypto Twitter is so crazy with bots and stuff, like, I don't, I don't know. And then when it comes to the whole war thing, like, that's difficult too, because it's like, you know, there's a reason people are in fear, and um, but I mean, I again, I respect anyone who has an actual reason for making a trade, like you have right. conviction, like that, right? Like no one's gonna be right every time, um, but I mean, in a set, in general, I think yeah, contrarian is the you know way to go, but how do you? Um, get conviction that you actually do have the contrarian uh, uh, view or yeah 
I think the only reliable indicator or counter indicator is Peter Schiff <laughs> t- uh, tweeting about Bitcoin. Yeah. Or uh, any time he says anything income? bad about Bitcoin, it's the time to buy. Do you follow Income Sharks on Twitter? I don't. Oh, Tell a, me more. An awesome trader called Income Sharks, and he every single time Peter Schiff mentions, he's always he's always on him. It's great. And that's by the way. Did you guys see Schiff debating the guy from Hex? Uh, what was his name Hart? Something Hart? No. Oh my God, that is some quality content right there. They uh, what what you do? What's it? What's the guy's name again? Richard Hart, right? Oh the yeah, guy, yeah, yeah. The guy from Hex. Oh man. Everyone who's listening to this podcast, take five or ten minutes and Google Schiff versus uh, Richard Hart from Hex. Uh, I, I promise you, will not. Are be they on a podcast, or are they? How are they talking to each other? I it's some kind of like interview that they did, or it was like kind of a debate. Um, it was a it was a virtual one, but they have videos up and stuff, so you you can see Richard Hart in his little Gucci suit and everything. It's it's very it's very entertaining. <laughs> Um, so I, I want to switch gears a little bit. So like we've been talking about trading and, and kind of like how you got into that and, um, you know, trading with conviction, your strategy at points, which is, you know, some fundamental technical analysis and sentiment and like everything's going great, but like there's a facet, at least for people who are doing similar things like myself. And, and the reason why I found this episode to be particularly compelling is because you are so honest about how some some of the trades affect you kind of emotionally, right? Like sometimes it, it's such a um, difficult thing to do to consistently keep your emotions even keel, right? Like I think I, I was watching your one of your most recent videos about um, – and, you know, for everyone, I'll link it in the show notes. You guys can go check uh, check him out. He has great content on TikTok, the Crypto Corner. But, um, you know, you, you had a, tri- uh, a, vi- a video on your position on sand, right? And, and you were kind of talking about that. And you could really tell that it was, like, affecting you emotionally. I, I found that to be um, so honest, right? Because, like, we all feel that when we make a trade. And we expect it to go one way and, and it goes another and it impacts us. And it, 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 it almost puts us on, you know, to, to borrow a term from like, you know, poker, it, it puts you on tilt a little bit. Right. Um, and then in your, in your kind of situation, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth or anything with that, but it's just an interesting question that I, that I wanted to ask you. Couple that with the fact that you are making content, does that additionally add pressure to that emotional burden that you feel when a trade goes wrong, because not only do, you know does is, is the trade wrong, but it, it's a, it's wrong, and I have to broadcast that it's wrong because you're honest about your content. Like, how does that how does that work? Oh, for absolutely. You? Well, first and foremost, yeah. First, I come from. I mean, I I I've lived in Las Vegas for a long time, and I was a big sports better. And so, and when I would lose, like I would hate like there would there is a lot there's a lot of uh, negative emotions triggered with that and then not only and then because uh, how am i trying to say this and then you end up chasing those losses right because you just all 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 yep. you want to do is say okay uh just give me my money back with one win and you know you, you kind of make these these 
illusion deals like, oh, just, you know, give me that, you know, $400 back and I, I, I won't bet again. Um, and so what's interesting with trading is that the game's never over. Um, and so, you know, that kind of is good for me in a sense that um, it's different with sports because like, yeah, once the game ends, it's like getting liquidated, like you lose. Um, but with trading, you, you just see, and if you're watching the charts, like you just see a lot of red and like, you see, you see the red and the, and the green. Um, and I kind of lost my train of thought. I'll come back. I promise. Um, no, no, I, I think, I think the, um, you know, the, the, I mean, I'm curious if like the, the aspect of having to kind of create the content oh, right. also affects yeah. you in that. hundred percent. When I, cause when I first started, it was, it was killing a, it was killing me that I never wanted to be, everyone started asking me if I would like start a discord and like give signals. And I didn't want to be that person because I don't want to feel like I push enter right away and then everyone sees what I'm getting into right then and there. And then that gives them the opportunity to get in. Cause no matter how many times I say like, you know, not financial advice, don't do this, don't do that. Like I can't help, but know that there's still a bunch of people who trust me and they've, you know, they've given my videos attention, which I appreciate. And like, I know that they're going to just copy my trades. And I know that they're not doing their own research. And I know they're most likely using money that's not just a small percentage of their portfolio. And I, I assume that, not everyone, but again, if I assume even a couple people are like that, I feel very responsible for them. Um, and so I gave myself a little break, or not break, I gave myself a little um, space in between, okay, I'm not going to um give you trade signals right when i enter but when i enter i start making the video right away and i usually try to you know edit it within you know 5 10 15 minutes and so that definitely added a pressure knowing that okay if i make this trade i have to you know get the camera out and and i have to actually articulate everything um plus yeah plus the pressure of you know you hit 3 4 in a row and then everyone thinks you're going to be right and so it was definitely, and then like when I'm, when I'm wrong, I, I won't exit the trade when I should have, because I don't want, I almost get into this like isolation where I don't want to like talk to anyone because not only, yeah, not only am I losing, but I'm letting people down. And so like that, it definitely plays a role. I, I, I'm working through how not to have that affect me as much, but it's been a great learning experience. Yeah. You do, you want to um, chime in here? Yeah. 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 Uh, I feel like I could really relate to what you were saying, Andrew. I mean, you and I both went through the, the 2018 uh, bear markets, you know, the, the, the deepest, darkest abyss of crypto, you know, Bitcoin going back to two to 3000 and ETH went back to, I think it was like $90 those dark days which i should never relive relive in myself in my life again um like you have these like really like dark thoughts you're like oh why am i so wrong like why how could i be so wrong about everything right especially if you bought the top 
in December 2017, this you know, the peak of top of of you know nineteen thousand Bitcoin, you know U.S. dollars. That would have been like the, the absolute crushing effect in your your mentality. In your you start like questioning yourself, right? Like I, w- I went through all of that myself, and um you you know at the same time you know when you start slowly to to get out of the bull market uh, the bear market. You started to build your belief again. You you make like you take like small wings, step by step, um, and then eventually come you know twenty twenty and twenty twenty one, you hit another bull market. So I think the the market psychology is is just so crazy, but at the same time so predictable, right? Like every time we're all seeing the same stuff happening over and over again, uh, but somehow we're still humans at the end of the day who are. Controlled by emotions, and it's really hard to detach from from that emotion in the process of trading. Yeah, it's a- Admiral Akbar syndrome, right? It's, it's a trap, right? <laughs> we all get we all get stuck in that trap. I mean, it, it's easy to so so. My personal strategy when it when it comes to like situations like that is to like close the laptop, close the phone, um, you know, go do something else, watch a, watch a game, watch a movie with my wife, take the dogs for a walk. But I imagine in your situation, it's a lot different because again, like you're creating content and you're creating content daily. So, you know, you're still in the space. It's not like you can turn off and just say, you know, screw this, you know, I'm not going to, you know, pay attention to anything. I'm going to close down the charts. I mean, even if you're not looking at charts, you're still creating content. Is there like a strategy for you to kind of overcome some of that, you know, the emotional aspect of the the extreme lows and the compounding lows that you feel um, from not only being a trader, but being kind of like, you know, a, a content creator? And like, is it just like creating other type of content that that helps or what what kinds of things like help you in those scenarios? I'm still I'm still kind of figuring out the those best um, but yes, like I'm, I live in, uh, Southern California. So like I have beautiful weather. And so I go on day, I go on multiple walks a day. Um, but, and then I do, I do have side projects cause I'm a freelance video, uh, editor. And so I can, you know, go on to the, the, the other computer and like start editing, but Sometimes like my creativity in that even gets destroyed because of, of my emotions. So I, ha- I definitely haven't perfected that. And I mean, it, relatively, it's new because, you know, we haven't really, you know, are we in the bear market? Who knows? But we've been in a downtrend for a while now. And so it's kind of a new space for me. Um, but there there is a correlation with layering on top of my you know, my whole portfolio is definitely down from its all-time high. My trading challenges, you know, are losing. And now because, you know, I because I don't hit often enough, you know, the views, you right, the view count goes down, the engagement goes down. So it is a lot of layered like negativity. Um, but I, I also I'm good at, you know, um, like, again, like I've been, a, have I'm really good with like understanding my own self-talk and knowing that a, a lot of, a lot of the time it's like irrational. And so, you know, usually on my walks, I like to call them gratitude walks. 
I can get to a point where I kind of shut all that off. Um, but it's, it's no, by no means there, there's no perfect way to do that. Um, and sometimes like right when I sit back down on the computer, it kind of comes all back. So I, yeah, I, I, I definitely try to just go on walks all day. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's tough to compartmentalize. I think, you know, apart from all the negative stuff, um, I'll be the first one to say that we think you're great here. Um, the new kids on the block podcast, Andrew. So if you ever need anyone to come and give you guys, uh, you know, a, a, you know, a, and co-sign for the type of person that you are, because again, like this is all real shit, right? It's not like, um, fabricated overproduced type of stuff. It's like what people actually go through. Um, every day. And I, I think it's, it's really powerful stuff. It's, it's great content. It may not be the content that gets all the crazy views and, and all that other stuff. But I think if you continue to be genuine and you organically grow, um, it, it's, you know, good things will happen to you and, and positive affirmations are great. So um, kudos to you. Awesome. Man. Um, so you know, we, we talked about the ups, we talked about the downs, um, you know, as we start to kind of like wrap up here, I'm kind of interested in, in, in your kind of long-term view, you know, what are you excited about for the future of crypto and kind of what projects are you keeping your eye on out, um, for in the future? Is it, is it, are you inundated with the metaverse? Are you into the game Are you into the, you know, the, the L2, um, wave that should be coming. Um, what what's kind of exciting for you as you look forward? Well, unfortunately, the excitement isn't isn't what I I see in in the future. <laughs> I'm kind of, I mean, I don't know if it's just the you know the sentiment now, but how do I put this? There's if if you think of like four quadrants, right? Like I think this fairy tale of like getting to a really decentralized place. I think we've already lost that. Like, I don't think there's any chance where there's a, a, a the masses are, I don't think there's any way we strip away from like central control. Um, and so with that being said, it's, it's hard for me to like, do I want to place my bets in platforms like hive which i think is one of the best decentralized platforms when it comes to everything like uh community and like tokenization and like content creators do i want to place my bets in what i would like to see succeed or do i want to place my bets in what i think is going to win and i think centralization wins outright very interesting it's yeah it's it's been a real mind fuck for me, it's fun, um, but there's a lot of like weird emotions that come up with that. It's like if I'm if I'm betting on something that I think is going to win in centralization, and I, in a sense, I want that to win so I can you know accumulate wealth. But you know, for the masses, I I think it's bad. Like I I think I I mean like my, so go ahead. No, so I I was going to ask you uh, why do you think why are you bearish on the long term prospect of decentralization i'm curious um greed and and power structures um Mm -hmm. i I just i don't think there was a small chance um i mean i can't pinpoint exactly where it changed but you know when, when you really dive into what can be fair and like decentral like there's not 
many Satoshis that ever live. And like, that's the only way you can start something that has a chance to be like fairly distributed is when you kind of right. do it anonymously and kind of like give it away, like for free and have the community somehow organically create value out of it. That like, there's, there's never going to be another way for that to start because there's too many VCs that are ready to try to find the next one. And, and once like VC, once that money comes in, like there's no way it's not altruistic anymore. And like, that was the only way that I felt real. But here, I will say that there is this though. I think there's going to be in a sense, parallel. There's going to be, a, there's always going to be, I think a way for you to, function in in decentralized platforms it's just never going to hit the masses and so with that what you have to ask yourself like what convenience am i willing to give up if i really don't want to be in the power structure uh centralization part and like am i willing to do that like i think there will be pockets of communities that open up that you have to like move to to like really live in like a decentralized way but th I think the prospect of like there being an app one day that releases and like everyone's on it and it's decentralized. Like, I don't think, I think that's a fairy tale. Like, I, I don't think I put. Yeah. I, I think we, we, we all agree on this show that decentralization is on the spectrum. Sure. Um, just last week, we, we had somebody from Confluent who um, talked about kind of this corporate version of, uh, you know, the, the, the combination of uh, traditional finance with, decentralized finance uh, infrastructure so i i do think there there's there there is a median happy medium somewhere uh, that people want to find um but at the same time um yeah i don't know i just feel like there's still at least for like for bitcoin right it is still decentralized it's still going to run uh hundreds thousands year, years from now uh, but yeah but for, for the other decentralized applications um most of them if all of them will have some sort of pre-mined tokenomics built in that benefits VCs and this, these big whales. But even right. if you consider Bitcoin, like the way it's going to be used, it's going to be used through centralized exchanges. And so like, it's not going to be people running their own nodes, like sending Bitcoin to each other. Like, and so that's what they're trying to do with lightning, right? It's not there yet, but they're trying to build lightning to enable that that peer-to-peer -peer transaction yeah. at low cost. And, at speed. and my fear is that there's always pressure to build backdoors. And like, that's where power, like that's where everything to me, I mean, cause it might be pessimistic and paranoid, but like, to me, that's always going to exist. Like there's always going to be one or two people trying to make a deal in the back door. Hey, let me, you know, I've been in a lot, sure. I've done a lot of um, conferences. I've been to a lot of conferences. I follow Zcash a lot mm -hmm. and, you know, hearing, hearing them talk about how they always get asked, you know, via government entities, Hey, can you build us a back door? Like, and, and the fact that I don't think a lot of people can say no when it's incentivized with a lot of money, like I just don't have hope that there's or coercion with from the feds. Yeah, in some cases, <laughs> I just don't have hope that there's enough really good people. And I'm not saying people who do that are bad. It's it's a mixture of like, you know, people want. I, I think the, it's not necessarily greed 
for materialistic things, it's like greed. I want to be greedy so I can make accumulate wealth to be free, like free for my day to like do whatever I want. Like, and so I think that's really hard to like find like one project that can accumulate a team that's willing to really like sacrifice so much without you know getting paid off. I think having a good healthy dose of cynicism is actually pretty healthy in this space <laughs> because there a lot of people are just living off of the hopium and you know that's yeah. they, they they live and they fly with I it. feel I feel very seen Fody. <laughs> yeah, you feel seen, I feel seen, man. I've been the, my first 3 months on TikTok was just getting shilled by people, so it was, you know, it was I've been rugged. It's been great. And that's why it's been so refreshing talking to what Andrew. Kind of because stuff are they sa- what kind? What are they saying? Oh, there was NFT projects. Oh. Uh, so I got involved in an NFT project mm-hmm. from, um, you know, some NFT creators, uh, non-fungible guys yeah. in their names, not to call them out. Um, and, you know, some of those turned into rugs and, you know, I wasted days on discords just leveling up for no apparent reason. Wow. I'll never get that time back in my whole life, I got to tell you. But um, that's why it is so awesome. I mean, there there are some people on TikTok that I really respect. I really love your content. I really love what Daniel does from Crypto is Good, right? Um, because he talks more about the technology and, you know, I mean, he, he loves ICP. But, you know, th- there are certain people out there that aren't just trying to shill you things. They're trying to talk about the utility or the real life personal aspect of of crypto. And, you know, it's not necessarily about a project, but it's about a goal and it's about the journey. And that stuff's lost on a lot of people because, like you said, there's a lot of unscrupulous folks out there that are just trying to sell something um, because greed um, kind of comes into play a lot, right? It's it's one of the avarices that um, is very prevalent in the space. So um, I, I think having a, a good kind of healthy dose of, of cynicism is is really really healthy because um, if you know, and, and again, depends on your goals, right? Um, but if you're looking at crypto as a mechanism for financial freedom, then you need a level of mass adoption. And with mass adoption, obviously, comes centralization, right? Mm-hmm. But if you got into the space because you really believed in the utility it can provide and you love the concept of decentralization and all that stuff, then, you know, those are competing kind of yeah. uh, actors, right? Yeah. They're not, they, they don't really go together because either a lot of people are going to use it and the market caps are going to go up or, you know, you're, you're going to continue to have to, you know, plug in these hex addresses and go on decentralized exchanges and do things that are really not user friendly. And let's be honest, 90% of people in the world are never going to use them, right? So yeah, you have to toe that line. So um, cool. Well, listen, I mean, I, I, I mean, this has been one of the realest conversations that we've had on the podcast. I really want to thank you for that. Um, Definitely. Any, any other questions for, for Andrew? Um, I don't, I don't have any questions, but I just want to say, Andrew, keep doing the good work. Um, please having these, keep having these genuine, authentic content for us. And for that, for that reason, I'll keep staying on TikTok. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, I'll do it for you. Just stay. <laughs> Thanks, and, man. 
Andrew, where, where can like people find you and find your content and, and interact with you? Like how, how can we help promote um, kind of your content? Um, I mean, for, I mean, for the most part, yeah. I mean, TikTok, I have one of those links in the, on the account. It's like a Koji link. Koji's cool. And then like, I have like, I have my Twitter and I think I have YouTube and all that on there. Um, but I mean, I, I don't know. I don't mind. Uh, I don't, I never mind staying under the radar. Like, like you guys, I'm happy. I, I you know, I'm, I met you guys. And so I'm, I'm never, I don't need, uh, I, I know it's in all in good faith. I know you want to help, you know, promote me. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, that's all right. People will find me if, if, if they're meant to find me. <laughs> You are a man of the people. I got to tell you. Um, (laughs) Well, listen, uh, thank you very much. Um, I guess just in in closing here for all of our dear listeners out there, just remember never iron a four leaf clover because you don't want to press your luck and stay safe out there. Space Cowboys. We'll catch you guys next week. What is on the street? You found someone. I guess now it goes to tone.